Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. How to get us any Columbic unit on no trouble, 600 North Mont, 600 North Mont, apartment 4, open 911. They lived across the street from each other for five years. Five years of looking out for one another in the tiny South Carolina town called Walterboro. This place where oak trees lined the roads and life was supposed to be simple. A place where people go to church. A place where people are friendly and kind. Lakeisha Jenkins thought Gloria Williams was more than a neighbor. They were friends. And after five years on the same street, she thought she knew the woman. Then she woke to this. Crime scene tapes surrounding Gloria's home across the street. Police cruisers from Florida parked out front. Wait, police cruisers from Florida? Florida is 200 miles away. Did Gloria have any connections to Florida? Did Borneski, Gloria's husband? And what about Alexis, her daughter? Lakeisha's mind was racing. She was thinking the worst. Was everyone okay? Did Werneski, who drives an 18-wheeler, have an accident in Florida? Please no. Please no. So Lakeisha picked up the phone. Please don't let someone be dead. Please don't let someone be dead. The phone rang and rang and rang. And so she tried again and again and again. Then a police officer came to her house and told her a story that changed everything she ever thought she knew about Gloria. He told her how police got a tip from the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, a tipster who said a teen who went by the name Alexis Kelly Manigo had been abducted from Jacksonville, Florida in 1998. Her abductor, Lakeisha was told, was Gloria. Gloria Williams, that Gloria, across the street Gloria, her neighbor, her friend, a person she considered kind and God-fearing. Yes, that Gloria. Gloria was a kidnapper. Oh my God, she thought. I was shocked, Lakeisha told me last year, after I raced out of the Times Union newsroom in Jacksonville and pushed north, taking the same route as the kidnapper all those years ago. I was shocked. I was overwhelmed, she continued. And Lakeisha was hurt. You think you know someone, she said. Guess not. Lakeisha was told Lexi was fine. She hadn't been abused. She didn't hear stories about how Alexis being beaten, forced to lie to friends during the day, locked in the house at night. You know, the stories that have made the evening news too often across the country. Alexis Kelly Manigo was raised just like everyone else around here. To speak in a proper tone, to be kind, to be good. I was relieved, Lakeisha said. But then again, she continued, I was still hurt. On that morning of January 13th, 2017, 
Lakeisha knew Kamaya Mobley was alive and well in Walter Rowe. Glow and Wilbert Brown, Gloria's parents knew. The kids down the street even knew. Everybody, it seemed, knew. Everyone except Shannara. Shannara Mobley, whose daughter was stolen from room 328 inside a Jacksonville hospital 18 years earlier, had no idea that morning that the baby she named Kamaya was alive. From the Florida Times Union, this is Have You Seen Kamaya? I'm Eileen Kelly, an investigative reporter for the Times Union and Jacksonville.com. I've been telling you the story of Kamaya Mobley, the newborn baby kidnapped from a Jacksonville hospital on July 10th, 1998. If you're joining us for the first time, I recommend you go back and listen to our previous episodes in order. We'll see you soon. Episode 5, Kamaya. At 1.25 p.m. on January 12, 2017, the day before Gloria's arrest, a car pulled up to Shannara Mobley's home in Jacksonville, Florida. Shannara and a friend were inside watching television. The door was slightly cracked open. Shannara's friend noticed the nicely dressed men heading for the door. She told Shannara. When they came up, they was like, you Shannara? I'm like, yes. And the first thing I did was drop my head in my hands. I said, y'all found my baby. But the police wouldn't say. Instead, they told her to come to police headquarters in downtown Jacksonville the next day. She was told to be there at 10.30 a.m. What they didn't tell her that afternoon was that they had good news, or even that they might have good news. They didn't tell her that Kamaya had been found, alive, and well, just a couple of states away. They didn't tell her in the early afternoon, and they didn't make a return visit that night when DNA confirmed what a tipster had told them five months earlier, that Alexis Kelly Manigo was that kidnapped baby from Jacksonville. Instead, Shannara had to wait. She had waited for 18 excruciating years. She had waited on every birthday, on every Mother's Day, every Christmas. But on this day, she knew something had happened. The police hadn't visited her house in years. But once again, she had another agonizing wait. Among the investigative notes from the Kamaya Mobley case file, there is a notation, writer's note. The decision was made to notify the victim's family of the continuing investigation at the police memorial building. But why not tell her? Gloria knew the police were moving in on her, and still, she didn't run like her abducted daughter told her to do. Gloria's parents knew. But Shannara did not. Neither did Velma Aiken, Kamaya's grandmother, nor Craig, her father. If you found somebody, baby, they shouldn't have to wait another day. That's Shannara, who did have to wait another day. That same day, on January 12, 2017, Two detectives pulled up to Velma Aiken's Jacksonville home 14 minutes after arriving at Shannara's. 
They told her the same thing, very little. Just come to the police memorial building at 10.30 a.m. Friday. Velma told the police that she would let her son, Craig, know. Then the police left. I just couldn't rest that night before because the detective came to the house and told her they had a new lead and they needed us to come downtown the next day. And I, I couldn't rest because I didn't know what they might have found out. I, I was praying. I said, Lord, please don't let them find her dead. And I prayed that to God that I want to be able to see what happened to my grandbaby. That's Velma. So Velma, Craig, Shannara, they all arrived that next morning to get the update on the case. Twelve hours after police got confirmation from the DNA. Five hours after police broke down Gloria's front door and hauled her off in her nightdress and bonnet. Hours after others were told of Alexis's true identity. Even after the Jacksonville Sheriff's Office alerted local media to assemble at the police memorial building for a noon press conference related to a major break in a case. Could Kamaya Mobley really be alive? And then officials said the words Shannara, Craig, and Velma had longed to hear for 18 and a half years. We found her. Kamaya is alive. But just about everyone else there, Shannara said, was rather matter-of-fact about the news. Rather nonchalant, she said. But I would expect when y'all done broke a big case like that, supposedly, that you would be, oh, about to fall, jump about your seat. I didn't get that. I didn't get that. Again, on what was supposed to be the happiest day of her life, something was off. It wasn't what she expected. And then this. Someone working as an advocate for victims at the sheriff's office was calling Shannara's daughter, her long-lost daughter, Alexis, and not Kamaya. A worker on behalf of victims was doing this in front of Shannara, to her face. Every phone call she made to me, well, Alexis, I said, that's not her name. She was very, well, that's what she want to be called. Like, she actually got nasty, and I was like, you know what, I don't even want to talk to you no more, I hung up my phone. When I sat down with Shannara recently, I asked her to recount that day for us. I asked her if the sheriff's office had given her a photo of her daughter, something to show her what she looks like, something she could hold on to. Because if they did, it would be her very first photo of the little girl that vanished from the hospital on July 10, 1998. But the advocate for the sheriff's office did something even better. She had an iPad. And Shannara? and daughter Kamaya got to see each other's faces using the device's video and audio calling app, FaceTime. Shannara got to hear her daughter's voice and see the words come out of her mouth, a mouthful of colorful braces. And Shannara's daughter got to see the joyful expression of the woman who gave birth to her. Finally, the day was here. So we FaceTime. We was like, me and her, so you could tell we mama and daughter because we... We went to Harlan and everything. And And then, like everything else that has to do with Shannara and this case, it stopped being wonderful. Shannara said the advocate took the iPad from her and started panning the room so the teenager on the other end, the girl they called Alexis, could see all the people in the room, the police, the FBI, the state attorney. Shannara just wanted to talk to her daughter. She just wanted to hear her voice. 
She wanted to see her smile. She didn't want the call to end. She was like, no, no, let everybody see. I'm her mom. I had her. Why I just can't be one-on-one with her right now? No, let hold it up so everybody can see, like, she, it just, she don't act as though a person just was sincere that this girl, baby, done, her baby been missing since a couple hours after she gave birth. She just, I, 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 I hate to use these words, but I don't, I, I hate her. I hate her. I do. And I've been using those words a lot lately. Hate, and I hate to say that word, but. You see, it wasn't just that first day that perplexed Shannara. Remember that day at the hospital in 1998 when a cop came in and started punching the 16-year-old's bed saying, tell me what you did with that baby, tell me what you did? It also perplexed her that she was a suspect in the beginning. The truth is, she had been a potential suspect even when Kamaya was found alive. When police were in Walterboro and tracking down what they could on Gloria, they were also looking for any possible ties between the abductor, Gloria, and the abducted child's family, Shannara, and others, according to police records. The relationship between Shannara and police was awkward at best. They went to her Jacksonville house to tell her to come to the police station, but they wouldn't say why for another day. And the first time Shannara saw her daughter since that day in the hospital in 1998, her daughter is being called by the name her abductor gave her, not her birth name, Kamaya. It was all so much, and it would get worse. As Shannara and Alexis were using FaceTime to communicate for the very first time, the buzz of a big story about to break was growing in the Times Union newsroom and other newsrooms across Jacksonville. At the Times Union, a vague tip to a young reporter followed by the alert from the Jacksonville Sheriff's Office set the wheels in motion for the newspaper's coverage of what would become one of the biggest stories in Jacksonville for all of 2017. Well, January 13th started off as kind of a normal day around the newsroom, but we got word from the sheriff's office about 9.30, I think it was, in the morning that they were going to have a presser, um, and which is pretty typical. Uh, they're going to have a murder presser, and so usually they don't tell us what it's going to be about. But one of our uh, reporters, a uh, young reporter, Ben uh, Conark, had gotten a tip that this was going to be big, and he said something about... Uh, university hospital and a, and a stolen baby. So I said right away, Kamaya Mobley. That's Scott Butler, an assistant Metro editor who leads the newspaper's crime and courts coverage. Pulled up my notes, we got, got our reporters going, gave a heads up. We got something posted early, about 10 o'clock, uh, still not necessarily confirming what, what we thought was going to be the case. And, uh, and we pulled some clips, some background, and the buzz was just kind of, uh, kind of uh, all around the newsroom because many of us had known this case for years, so there was a, a sense of gratification to actually get this solved. I mean, this was an infant, uh, you know, a baby taken from a hospital. This doesn't happen every day, and uh, so we put like three reporters on it. There was a buzz in the newsroom, an excitement level. 
When you've been around a newsroom, as long as I have, the adrenaline rush that comes with a breaking story is palpable. A team of newspaper reporters and photographers made its way to the police station. For journalists who cover crime, their days are often filled with sadness and carnage that come with the beat. But would that be the case with Kamaya? Would this break in the case lead to a body? The way it did with Maddie Clifton, Summer Thompson, Cherish Periwinkle, Wanzi Barton, other Jacksonville children who went missing and were later found dead. Or would this story have a happier ending? Like the Missouri Miracle ten years earlier, when police announced the safe return of two abducted boys, one missing for four days and the other missing for four years. It was just after noon when Jacksonville Sheriff Mike Williams appeared before the media. Last night we received confirmation that the young woman that we contacted in South Carolina is in fact Kamaya Mobley. The news shocked everyone. He explained the investigative actions that led to the day's good news. So in South Carolina, we found an 18-year-old young woman with the same date of birth, but a different name. So further investigation revealed that fraudulent documents had been used to establish that young woman's identity. And interviews with people in Walterboro supported the possibility that this young woman may in fact be Kamaya Mobley. JSO investigators obtained a DNA sample from her earlier this week. That sample was submitted to the FDLE crime lab for testing. And last night we received confirmation that the young woman that we contacted in South Carolina is in fact Kamaya Mobley. And then he announced an arrest. Early this morning in Walterboro, again South Carolina, we and local authorities uh, served a search warrant and an arrest warrant at the residence where she has lived. And charged with kidnapping and interference with custody is 51-year-old Gloria Williams. Back in the newsroom, Times Union reporters and editors gathered at a bank of televisions to hear the sheriff's announcement. Biggest piece of news we have today is that we have located Kamaya Mobley. Go, publish the story to the web. The story that we started reporting after the earlier tip was accurate. Let's tell the world, Kamaya Mobley has been found. It was a good day to be a journalist. It was a good day to be Shannara, to be Velma, to be Craig. Here's how Tom Wells, the veteran WJXT news anchor who covered Kamaya's kidnapping 18 years earlier, reacted when he heard those words spoken by Sheriff Williams. Do you remember just what was your reaction when you heard this? Dazzled. It, first of all, very few things make me speechless. That development made me speechless because hadn't all of us pretty much made up our mind we were never going to find out. Almost 20 years had gone by. We are never going to. So many other things had happened since 1998 that we stopped thinking about Kamaya Mobley. Now, there were people in town who, who I don't think ever stopped thinking. Mr. Aiken, uh, certainly Shannara Mobley. Um, I don't think Nat Glover ever stopped thinking about that crime. Um, but for those of us in the news business, a lot of other things had happened. And, of course, it immediately opened up all these questions. How did she do this? Who is she? How did the police find out? Who provided the tips? The news conference was televised across all of Jacksonville's airwaves and streamed live on Facebook and on websites of local news organizations. The good news. The good news Shannara Mobley had waited 18 years to hear spread across the city 
and across the country through push notifications, social media, and more. Uh, I came in 2000, but it, it's interesting because I knew this case right away. Uh, it was just such a big case, and, and stories were still being done even when I got here two years afterwards. Most of us were pretty familiar, and some of the other even veteran reporters, you know, they'd talked about this case a lot. It was just such a high-profile case. It, it just kind of brought a lot of uh, closure and, and insight that this was actually solved so many years later. That's the Times Union's Scott Butler again. With the new information about Kamaya's whereabouts and the arrest of her abductor, I made my way to Walterboro and the low country of South Carolina, the scene of the crime 18 years in the making, a place where oak trees lined the streets, a nice little stopover for those traveling from New York and Florida along Interstate 95, a place where life was supposed to be simple, a place where no one knew the name Kamaya Mobley. But that would change. Chris Parento is live in Walterboro, where he just came out of a bond hearing that was held for Williams. Chris, is she going to fight extradition back here to Jacksonville? She is not. She signed the paperwork to waive extradition back to Jacksonville, and now it will be up to JSO to determine the timeline. The city of Walterboro is simply put confused why the Jacksonville Sheriff's Office is even here. For the past 18 years, they've not known Kumaya Mobley, but a different woman. One satellite TV news truck morphed into two, and then three, and more. Journalists from some 200 miles south, like myself, and other from much further reaches, all raced to Walterboro. Many stood in a vacant parcel of land across the street from a tidy white house that now had a freshly busted doorframe, thanks to the police who came for Gloria that morning. Neighbors came out of their houses. They spoke in proper tones. They were kind. And they were confused. How was it a woman many knew to be more than a neighbor, a God-fearing woman who cared for veterans, pulled this off, a kidnapping for so long? They wanted to know more. So did we. We traipsed around the small town, driving down quiet roads in Walterboro and nearby Ruffin, stopping in front of the home where Gloria held a newborn at the front doorstep and introduced her mother, Glow Brown, to her granddaughter, Alexis. Alexis Kelly Manigo. Isn't she beautiful, Gloria asked her mom so many years ago. We'd go to a small Methodist church, where on Sundays, Gloria and Alexis would stand and clap the joyful sounds of gospel music. We were all searching for answers and peeling away the lies so carefully hidden to tell the happy story of a missing baby found alive and well. To bring some closure to the mystery surrounding the abduction of a newborn from a Jacksonville hospital 18 years earlier. News for Jack starts right now with a breaking news alert. An artist sketch of a newborn baby girl, Kamaya Mobley, missing for 18 years since she was abducted from Jacksonville's public hospital, has now been found alive it's and safe in South Carolina. Stories across the nation tonight. A baby stolen 18 years ago is found alive. This is First Coast News at 11. I'm Anthony Alton. Sheriff Williams says his detectives traveled to Walterboro, South Carolina, and found an 18-year-old woman with a matching birth date. Just minutes after the sheriff announced that this cold case had been cracked, 
The story became national news. Here's what we know about how this all unfolded. But for Alexis Kelly Manigo, there was no closure. Only questions, only confusion. The secret she shared with Gloria was out. The only mother she ever knew was arrested and jailed, facing serious charges. And then Alexis FaceTimed with people who were her real parents just hours later. If those people in Jacksonville were her real parents, then who was Gloria? It was dizzying to process it all, to process that day, a day that really had just begun. But Alexis had more to take on. Gloria was due in court. Later that afternoon, Alexis was finally able to see her. Gloria, wearing a beige uniform issued to inmates, was in a holding cell. My God, it was real. My mom's no felon, she cried out. Alexis asked the judge if she could go over to her. Yes. So Alexis walked towards Gloria. She was crying. She got as close to the cell as she could. A white mesh screen kept them from embracing each other one last time. But Alexis has small fingers, so she was able to slip them through the screen's opening for a little touch. One last touch. She was crying. She let out a tearful, Mama. Back in Jacksonville, there was a celebration. For Shannara, the woman many believed sold her baby when she became a mom at the age of just 16, January 13, 2017, was one of the greatest days of her life. It was like childbirth all over again. A city rejoiced. A father beamed with joy. A grandmother thanked God that a Friday the 13th of all days was the day she learned her precious Kamaya was alive. She's coming home. Yes, Lord, we are fixing to celebrate, Velma told a reporter that day. Here's Velma Aiken speaking to First Coast News. I tell you, ain't nothing like today. Y'all tell everybody that Friday the 13th is not always a bad day. See, I just really want to know how she was doing. And we seen her. I, we seen her today. I'm so out of breath. I'm so... And she said, told told her mama that she looked like her daddy and all that been talking real. She sounds so intelligent, so respectful. And she said she'll be here to see us. But I thank God today. I thank God today. I thank God today. Oh, yes. I'm investigative reporter Eileen Kelly, and you've been listening to a podcast produced by the Florida Times Union. Visit jacksonville.com forward slash Kamaya for more information about the case of the missing baby. That's jacksonville.com forward slash Kamaya, K-A-M-I-Y-A-H. There you'll find photos, videos, and original case documents. 
You'll also find the next episodes of this podcast as they become available. Or you can find episodes on Apple Podcast or anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Research for this story came in part from official records from the Jacksonville Sheriff's Office, the State Attorney's Office of the Fourth Judicial Circuit of Florida, Court Records, Times Union Archives, First Coast News, and WJXT News for Jax. This podcast is edited by Times Union editor Mary Kelly Polka. It is produced by digital director Gary Mills. Have You Seen Kamaya is made possible with support from advertisers and subscribers to the Florida Times Union and Jacksonville.com. Learn more about how you can support our journalism at Jacksonville.com forward slash subscribe now. Thank you for joining us.